This podcast is presented in partnership with Rewatchable Media, home to several great podcasts and YouTube channels covering TV shows, movies, and culture. Find out more on rewatchable.media. Hi, Mike. Hi, Shane. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Excellent. That wasn't too creepy, right? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> good, good, good week to everyone. Uh, this is uh, Dad Pods, the podcast uh, for dads. We are, we are, we are still doing our. We're officially titled like Dad Pods presents the unofficial MCU podcast. Is that correct? Something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. So we're we're continuing our our MCU discussion, uh, which is gonna be a while because we're sort of smack dab in the middle of it. Um, let's get right into it. Do we have any uh, news and notes for the week? News and notes, there actually were several mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So let's see. We got a little bit of pushback of all the MCU projects with release dates announced. Yeah. So basically, I think what they said was, I think it's either the February or March date of 2022, I think was going to be Doctor Strange. That's not going to have any movies released on it. Now. Oh. And then they're just pushing Doctor Strange back to the May release. I think Thor 4 goes back to the summer release and everything just gets pushed back one. So is this all pandemic related? I think it's just production related. I, I think, you know, um, despite the fact that we're in the midst of the pandemic, we're going to have four Marvel movies released in 2021. Uh, you know, starting with Black Widow, and Shang-Chi. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Um, and then, you know, Eternals comes out in like a week. And then, uh, you know, Spider-Man is still slated for that Christmas release, basically. So, Right. Oh, by so, the way, Eternals reactions are coming in hot and heavy and fast. And good. And very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people that are giving reactions and potentially spoilers, those people are jerks because we have no way of having seen it yet. Yeah. Go to hell, spoiler guys. Yeah. That's, that's not cool. You were not granted yeah. a pass to see this early so that you could spoil it for people who have zero chance of seeing the movie. Yeah, we're going to talk about a movie from 11 years ago and we're going to spoil it, but that's okay. Totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, don't spoil movies, but um, uh, I'm excited for that movie. I think I'm mostly excited because I don't know anything about it. I know very little. Yeah, I've read some of the comics. Biggest thing is the reactions are very, very positive. Mm-hmm. And the takes are that it's very unique. I'm very into that. I would hope so. Um, so the other bit of news, uh, and this might this might fall under the rumor category because it's not an official announcement. Um, there is this rumor that in 2022 they're going to start production on a on a standalone Hulk, Hulk film uh, with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, this was the, the, the idea is that it's going to sort of follow the World War Hulk uh, comic line, yep. uh, which was a lot of it was bought, borrowed in uh, Thor Ragnarok. A little bit of it was told there. But yeah, so that was that, that. This is courtesy of Geeks Worldwide on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this is a reasonably accurate source or a source that has had some credit to it. Yes, it's a source that has broken similar news prior. It's, this is not an outrageous claim that they would do a, a Hulk movie. Um, 
one sort of fact about Hulk is that I believe the first Hulk movie was released by Paramount, right? It's yeah. the studio. And they have been total jerk about allowing Disney to uh, to uh, to release a Hulk standalone movie. They don't they they allow the the sort of the character to be in Avengers movies and other other movies, but standalone they haven't allowed it yet. But I I imagine it's just coming around to their right price. I believe it's actually Universal and somehow right, okay distribution Universal, was Paramount. But it was I think Paramount was somehow involved. Anyhow, mm-hmm. it's Universal that owns the rights they have the right of first refusal. So the problem would mm-hmm. be Disney would make it and then Universal would, of course, they're like, of course we want to distribute this and mm-hmm. make a lot of money. Right. So yet again, it comes down to money. Right. I, and that's what I think. If it, if it happens, it's just that, that Paramount or Universal has gotten the right price that they want. Exactly. Because there is a price. Right now, they're getting no money by saying, right. we will distribute this movie that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And to be fair to, to any of these other companies other than Disney, Disney's the only movie uh, distributor right now that's making money. Right. But you know. like many things in life, this just comes down to price. Exactly. So, so anyway, we are talking about uh, the first Avengers movie tonight. We are. I don't know what number this falls in our ranking. It's somewhere around number nine or ten. Um, and... Uh, so we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to sort of do the big recap while we go through every scene and all that stuff. I'm going to try a 60 second recap. Oh boy. Are you ready? I am. Mike's going to time me. I'm going to set the timer. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Loki is our big bad for this film. He is working to bring an army of alien invaders to conquer earth. Uh, for that, he needs the Tesseract. Remember the Tesseract and some other tech to open a portal, uh, to combat him. Uh, Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, enlists Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, and Thor to go along with the already in S.H.I.E.L.D. Black Widow and eventually Hawkeye, who uh, spent uh, the majority of this film under mind control from the, af- the aforementioned Loki. Uh, our heroes really don't get along, and as we see in most team-ups, they fight each other uh, more than they fight the enemy. Uh, they eventually rally around the death of Phil Coulson, R.I.P., and fight the invading army of Chari in a spectacular battle across Manhattan. Uh, in the end, Iron Man makes the hero play where he's able to redirect a nuclear missile through the portal, blow up the Chari base, and they close the portal, saving the world. Our heroes are now a team, vowed to come together when the world needs saving. The Avengers! In our most important post credit scene to date, we learn that Thanos, the Mad Titan, was the mysterious bigger bad pulling the strings, manipulating Loki and the Chitari. Very good. I heard the alarm go off. I, I did it. Oh, man, I didn't hear the alarm. So I was like a minute five, something like that. Yeah, you're about five seconds over. <clears throat> well, sue me. Um, so, yeah, so that's the movie. We just we, we did it. You want to you want to wrap it up here? We could, but we have to do our <laughs> hot takes. We have to do our hot takes. So uh, let's talk about it. So um, you go first. Sure. My hot take. Loki's actions in this movie are so heinous so so heinous that he deserves no redemption in either thor ragnarok nor in loki the tv show especially not in thor loki the tv show yeah where he's the hero yeah he's the hero and had had no redemption in ragnarok right and because they pull him directly after this movie and they plop him into the tva right there right yeah so i think even in this film at some point uh either maria hill i think it's maria hill 
or 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 Black Widow indicates that he killed like 80 people over the course of two or three days. 80 people, that's before the Battle of New York. That's before the Battle of New York where there's just carnage everywhere, right? Where he's just destroying Manhattan uh, with his army. Um, he tries to kill all of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, bad guy. Shouldn't have been redeemed. Very bad guy. This is the power of making someone a protagonist. Everyone loves him in Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent hot take. My hot take, Black Widow wins this movie. Yeah. And, and, the, reason, and the reason is, so there's, there's a couple reasons. One, um, we talked, when we talked about, uh, you know, the Avengers, um, uh, Age of Ultron, we talked about they have a, that movie has a huge show me, don't tell me problem where it's just telling you things and not showing you. The first scene where we see Black Widow, we realize why she's part of the scene, uh, the part of the team. Uh, that first scene, probably spoiler alert, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, she's tied to a chair uh, and she fights a bunch of people. Um, and you get to see why, like, why this human that doesn't have superpowers is part of the Avenger. Um, she also uh, kind of brings Hulk into the team. She, she's also the one that closes the portal at the end. Uh-huh. Um, so there's, there's lots of reasons why uh, Black Widow is the, kind of wins this movie. Yeah, totally. I think a great scene that illustrates this is the scene with her and Loki, mm-hmm. where strictly through conversation, she uncovers his plan. The characters right. spend a good 20 minutes trying to figure out what's Loki up to? What's, he, what's yeah. his game? They, they can't yeah. figure it out. And it's Black yeah, Widow. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of what's his game kind of like is it really a game pretty much no what's his because they use what's his game they use what's his play yeah old we didn't took out the theosaurus to figure out every possible way to state the same thing (laughs) hey what's this angle Um, what's this what's this guy doing yeah that's the ticket yeah um you kind of almost expect them to have like 19 like talking like a 1930s or 40s movie fast you know what We've talked about this in Captain Marvel, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll take this one. Um, Nick Fury has a beeper that 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 calls Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. He should have used it. Yeah, I'm gonna justify that he did use it. We just didn't see it. Yeah, so she gets there at the end, like like three weeks later, and is like, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh, a lot of destruction here. <laughs> you needed to have called well, me three weeks ago. Yeah, I don't I don't want to. You know, I don't want this. Later. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Exactly. I hope there's a deleted scene or a scene that we find out later on where they, they flash back to whenever this movie, 20, 2011, and we see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. My next hot take, mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Uh, really cool arrows. You should also carry a gun. Yeah. There's no reason for him to not carry a gun. He doesn't seem against it. No, he doesn't seem like he's against it. Uh, guns are far more efficient in doing the kinds of things that he wants to do. Like, you know, he's an assassin soldier kind of dude. Well, he demonstrates why he needs the arrows sometimes. He's got these special arrows that have explosives. Mm-hmm. Mostly just explosives. There's no net casting arrow that he ever mm-hmm. shoots. He even shoots an arrow that hacks into a computer. Yeah. That's, that's quite an arrow. Mm-hmm. So that fine. Was, that was pretty cool. Carry that. But also carry a gun. Yeah. Black Widow carries um, guns. Black Widow carries several guns. Um, now, the arrow that, that, fi- that is fired and, like, you've got to get that 
like it goes into like a USB port or something like that. Two USB ports at the same time. That's that's so anybody and this is 2012 or 2011 something like this like anybody that's ever tried to put in a because they didn't have USB B's back then right it's just all USB A's yes so you have to have it just the right way you know everybody that ever has tried to put in a USB uh, jump drive into or you know whatever into a USB port you've always put it in the wrong way first yes it's just universally so. He's got to get the spin rate on the on the on the arrow, right? Like, because he's not just shooting the arrow; it doesn't go without spin. I imagine it's rotating. Um, so he's got to get this. That's a, that's an amazing shot. That's why he's the world's greatest archer. Yes, that's that, all he that needs to demonstrate sense. that one time. All he has to do is actually get the USB in straight the first time, and I with I'll, his hand. Yeah, with his hand. It doesn't even have to be with a with an arrow. Greatest archer, right there. <laughs> So my next thing is Iron Man. Why, why didn't you just make some armor for Hawkeye and Black Widow? At this point, mm -hmm. he's made it for Rhodey. Yeah. And, and, and this is also your point, like, where's Rhodey? Yeah. Also, yeah, where's Rhodey? Mm -hmm. Naria mentioned he's working for the government. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. is supposed to be the government. Yep. Rhodey could kind of use you here. We know, from, we know that from Iron Man 3, which is, you know, later after this movie, but shortly after this movie, that Tony's armor can get from, like, Malibu mm -hmm. to the East Coast in, like, what, 12 minutes? Yeah. Something like that. It, we're not talking about, you know, roadies on, like, there's no excuse with, like, Captain Marvel because she's traveling interstellar. Rhodey's just going cross-country. Yeah. Should have been over in New York. They had... TV crew showing this battle. Rhodey yes. knows what's going on. Yes, Rhodey knows what's going on. This is a this is a dereliction of duty on his part. Probably, you know, should share a prison cell with Tony. One hundred percent. The other people that should have been involved, Hammer Industries. Look, I know he went to jail, right? Someone mm -hmm. confiscated those drones. Yep. From Iron Man Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Iron Man Two exists in this continuity. Yeah. It, it better. It happened right before this movie or something yeah. like that. Use your drones, man. Mm -hmm. No. This is an all-hands-on-deck fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could also argue, like, uh, where are Thor's friends? The Warriors 3, hmm. which there was four of them. He's got a bunch of friends. Yeah. Like, he could have called them. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Bifrost is destroyed. Whatever. Oh, that's right. The dark magic that brought Thor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Is this a good plan by Loki and Thanos? I don't think so. Okay. Because um, do they need the Tesseract to get the, the army to the Earth? So in, in uh, Avengers Infinity War, which I think we're going to cover pretty soon, yeah. um, they just use regular spaceship. And they do the whole Guardians of the Galaxy. They go through the little hexagon. Right. They could have done that here, right? Like The technology is not such that they couldn't travel interstellar like eight years before. So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is all of three years after this or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Maybe two. So Hexagon Tech clearly, well, mm -hmm. Hexagon Tech existed back uh, in the time of Captain Marvel. Yes, because we know that the Kree got here with just regular spaceships. So it's unclear why they need the Tesseract to, to open a portal, like why that helps. 
Yeah, that's, this seems like they're lazy. It does seem like a little bit of lazy. Um, and even further, so if it's, so we know Thanos, what, what his goal is, right? He wants to get all the, the Infinity Stones. Yes. So the Tesseract, spoiler alert, is an Infinity Stone, uh-huh. the Space Stone. Also, this, this scepter that Loki's got, which he didn't have in the Thor movie, uh-uh. gets that here. Presumably he gets that from the Chitari and everything like that. Also has an Infinity Stone in it. The Mind Stone. Yes. Why is Thanos giving an Infinity Stone to, to Loki so that Loki can get him another Infinity Stone? Hmm. That's a misallocation of resources. I agree. Like, Loki's a Frost Giant. I think giving a Frost Giant two Infinity Stones is probably enough to have him, like, he's bigger than, badder than, than, than Thanos at that point. Thanos at this point has no Infinity Stones. Well, presumably he had the Mind Stone, right? At some point? Oh, right. He had to have had the Mind Stone before he gave it to Loki. Yeah, this is poor planning. Really poor planning. Really bad idea. Maybe Thanos becomes a better executive as time goes on. So at this point in time, he's feeling things out. He knows how to bring an army. He's raised several planets. He's gotten Gamora at this point in time. He doesn't know uh, good central planning and uh, forecasting. And he's done a really poor job of it. Yeah. Because let's, I mean, let's, let's really face it. Like, he nails everything in Infinity War. Like, he's oh, yeah. got an answer for every, every counterpunch that the Avengers throw at him. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, a, that's, what, seven years after this? Something like that? Eight years? Yeah. This would be a Thanos' next years if he were Steve mm-hmm. Jobs. This is Thanos really not knowing what people want. Yeah. This isn't Thanos with the iPod yet. That, we no. get later on, that's, that's Thanos. No, the, the later on Thanos, the one where he takes his helmet off and everything like that, that's where we get the Steve Jobs that's like already rescued Pixar and done that. And he's come back to Apple as a conquering CEO. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're in the beige box of Apple phase uh, of Thanos here. Mm-hmm. We're, it's, in, it's in the, it takes $12,000 to buy a PC right. or a, a personal Mac. And, you know, uh, Bill Gates started selling, you know, the, the crap for, you know, $800 where you can get a PC and, and Apple was way behind. Oh, yeah, totally. So we know that Iron Man makes a big deal of saying that he read the briefing. In fact, mm-hmm. he makes fun of all the other Avengers. Didn't anyone else read the briefing? Yeah, because yeah. he becomes an ex- expert on interstellar something. However, when Thor has put Loki aside, Iron Man comes in hot and tackles Thor, which right. starts the huge fight in the forest. Uh-huh. He should have known who Thor was at this point in time. So is Thor a friend? So according to the like shield and the like, is Thor friendly after Thor one? After Thor one, shield should know because remember, they allow him to try to grab the hammer to mm-hmm. when he's unworthy to see what's going to happen. Right. Hawkeye sees him there. So people know who Thor is. They see mm-hmm. the destroyer come in. They see Thor sacrifice himself. Right, and do it all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they mm-hmm. should know that Thor's one of the good ones. So I blame that fight on Iron Man. Oh, he's totally, I mean, I blame most fights on Iron Man. Let's yeah. face it. 
it's basically you know him just you know not being able to control his emotions right so this is yet another another uh another debt in the mm -hmm. iron man sins yeah um he really you know as we get closer i mean an end game is coming much later but as we get there we're going to see like his sacrifices like it's not only like it, it's called for mm -hmm. Oh, necessary yeah. he's got to be the one that sacrifices because he's made all this happen yeah black widow's really worried about the the red in her ledger uh tony doesn't seem to worry about it but he's got a, quite a bit yeah uh other things that that concern me mm -hmm. so we see that shield has planes that have tactical nukes on them right one of which is blown up by a bazooka mm -hmm by Nick Fury. The other one gets away and launches on the island of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, hello, S.H.I.E.L.D. has tactical nukes on their helicarrier? Yeah, that seems unsafe. That hel helicopter was about to crash. Yep. And as you rightly point out, in uh, shortly after this movie, Captain America Winter Soldier, three of them fall down out of the sky. Over DC. Over DC. Do they all have nukes in them? They should. If based on what we see of these planes, these are just regular were, planes. These are just regular F-16s or F-18s or something like that. Yeah. Um, this does not seem safe. No. No, they, they, this, is, this is really, really reckless in terms of how they're allocating where their nuclear weapons go. Now, maybe they learned from this and they're like, you know what? We're not going to have nuclear weapons in any of our helicarriers anymore. However, they had three helicarriers. Yes, they did. So I, yet again, I question the, the shadowy cabal that runs S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point in time. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this is a hot take. Uh, this is not a very diverse movie. Putting Nicking Nick Fury Black doesn't make this movie diverse. I think he's the only other major person. He's the only person of color in this movie. That has any sort of screen time at all. Pretty. Is, that, is he the only one with sure. speaking lines? I think so. Wow, that's so. that's pretty bad. Yeah, it is pretty bad. So this is so when we start to think about our our culture as sort of becoming more woke or however you want to refer to it, um, this is still a modern movie. This has only happened like ten years ago. Yeah, um, and we were, you know unable to do anything in this movie other than you know nick fury and samuel jackson at this point had already been a superstar that was already in the star wars trilogy right he was in you know a whole mess of uh movies so yeah it could have it could have been just like you know some side characters the, the kid playing galaga it could have been could have, i mean that was that would have been an easy place to put like you know somebody you know person of color it just shows that they they really weren't trying and you know, give credit to people now, they're, they're doing a better job, but mm -hmm. this is sort of yeah. highlighting the issue. Whenever people get complain, oh, it's also woke, like, um, you know, yeah. it hasn't been that long, and mm -hmm. I, I think if you really want to tally it up, we're not even close. No, yeah, absolutely not, because, I mean, as we pointed out, like, six years after this, they did Doctor Strange, where they did, a, like, the worst case of whitewashing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I will point out, like, we talked about the Eternals earlier, Apparently, there are two characters in there that have been regendered. Re yes. Uh, to to actually, I believe, win women of color. So, right. One of them is the the amazingly great Salma Hayek. So yeah. Uh, and, and to that end, if any 
if any fanboy claims like, whoa, this is not true to the Eternals, no one cared about the Eternals before. So right. no one knows about these characters. Exactly. No one cared about the Avengers before the Avengers came out, to be honest with you. Um, you know, this is a this is a movie that I mean, we can talk about this, like this might be a good spot spot to talk about this, but we've talked about the fact that these are B-level characters that are carrying this film. Uh-huh. This was massive when it came out. Yep. This movie was bigger than any of the, the previous movies uh, by far. Um, this kind of made the MCU the MCU, to be fully, completely honest on it. It's, right. it's, right. it's uh, this launched the MCU into a stratosphere that um, I don't even know that they anticipated it would be. Yeah, pretty much. And at the time, a lot of the movie-going crowd thought of this as a risk. Mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking this and just even reading it in the press that, well, they're planning all these movies. They're going to have everyone together. Do we even know if people are going to want to see this? Because mm-hmm. they had to start making this movie before movies such as Captain America had come out. Right, so- before Thor came out, before... Um, Iron Man 2 came out. So really, they had only had the success of Iron Man 1. Right. Um, and of those movies that we talked about, like, and Hulk, the, of those movies, there's five movies that come out before this. Two of them are good. Yep. Right. So th- there were no guarantees. I think yeah. of it very similar to when the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out. They made mm-hmm. all three of them at the same time. Right. Make, taking a big bet and that was considered a really big bet at the time because mm-hmm. you didn't know that they were going to turn out okay you didn't know that people were yeah. going to want to see the first one yeah peter jackson uh who is a uh you know director royalty now uh had only done like some zombie movies and stuff like that yeah i think yeah like, the, the frighteners or something movie. like that yeah yeah some yeah he wasn't he wasn't a household name you know now he's an oscar winner and, and do you know, Beatles documentaries, but. Um, right. Well, sometimes big bets work out. Mm-hmm. So, so our favorite scenes. Yeah, let's talk about some favorite scenes. So what were your favorite scenes? I think I'm going to say, hmm. you know, I'm going to pick the, the aforementioned forest fight. Mm-hmm. That, that would be up there with one of my favorite scenes. It is a little cliche that every time the heroes meet, they have to fight. But this but, is the first time in the MCU they did that. Right. And so <laughs> it was fun to see. I am going to say Thor, Thor was out to murder Captain America. That's right. Mm-hmm. 100%. He has no idea the shield works. Yeah. Well, he was also 100% trying to kill Iron Man, too. Like he and launches, yeah. he, he like full, throws the whole like uh, lightning at him. Yeah, he, he, to- he totally was. Now, at least in his defense there, Iron Man came and tackled him out of nowhere. So he has no idea who sure. Iron Man is. Maybe he was justified to go ahead and, 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 and kill Iron Man. Right. But Captain America <laughs> comes in and he says, hey, stop fighting. And yeah. Thor's like, oh, I'll show you. I'm gonna... yeah. He Put knows the hammer what, down. Yeah. yeah, he knows what people are like. Mm-hmm. This is equivalent if uh, he could have been doing that to Natalie Portman, right? He doesn't know. He has no idea mm-hmm. this guy has a shield that is made of vibranium. Yeah, let, let's not talk about all the other things he may have been doing in Natalie Portman. Um, hmm. Whoa. But yeah, this is actually a pretty good scene. The, you know, it's, it's mostly Iron Man versus Thor, kind of back and forth. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's actually a well-lit 
nighttime in the dark action scene, yes. which is kind of uh, our we've it's it's something we really like, but then when it's not executed properly, it's it's ugh. But uh, but this one is is well lit. It's it's a good scene. Yeah, totally. So um, with special shout outs to the grand finale, which is and we'll talk about that maybe after this one. My favorite is the the we we also talked about this the fight uh, where Black Widow is introduced. Uh, she is tied to a chair. Uh, she is being interrogated by a bunch of like Russian arms dealers or something. Yeah. And uh, in a very funny moment, Coulson calls. He's like he's like put the woman on the phone, threatens the Russians, uh, puts her on the phone. You know, tells her that you know she needs to come in, get out of there quickly, and. She does. She just puts the phone down and boom, she just like beats the crap out of like four guys uh, with her, with, literally with her hands tied behind her back. Yeah. Uh, really it's, well choreographed yeah. uh, fight scene. It's great. It shows Black Widow in her element is pretty much always in control, even when you think she's not. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's a, it's a very um, kind of creepy scene from a, from a Joss Whedon standpoint. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that we talk about Tarantino sometimes being creepy, it's very uh, fetish. Okay. No, no shoes. She's not wearing shoes. Very cleavagey, um, but uh, it is uh, well choreographed. Yeah, well choreographed. Um, and you know, it's hard to believe that the same director directed this movie as uh, uh, Age of Ultron because this is head and shoulders above that movie. Uh, this movie doesn't have any of the sort of narrative problems that Age of Ultron has. This is well-paced. There's only one sort of awkward sort of, I'm going to tell you what's going on versus mm -hmm. showing you. And it's when Thor tells the, the rest of the Avengers what Loki's plan is with the Chitauri. Right. right. It's, and it takes all of 30 seconds. And it, it, you just kind of pass over it really quick and everybody just kind of nods and it's like, okay, uh, that sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I actually, I even forgot that. I, I remember it now that you bring it up, but like, yeah, uh -huh. that, that part is a little awkward, but otherwise the movie it moves along really well. And it, even though it has all of this, a little bit of baggage, right? It's got to bring, it's the first time we've brought together the rest of the MCU. Mm -hmm. All other mm -hmm. MCU movies, they got to be solo affairs. This is their, our first ensemble. Yeah. And then we have to talk about the, the grand finale where they destroy most of Manhattan. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot of movies that we had seen up to that point where you see sort of this level of destruction of a major city where you're, you're, you're kind of like, and it's in a comic book. Most comic book movies sort of to this point had, had minimized sort of the damage around it because it was like, oh, we've got superheroes. They're going to stop uh, the consequences from happening, right? Superman's always going to stop the world from being destroyed. Batman's always going to stop, you know, these horrible things from happening. And this is somewhere where the consequences are real and right in front of you. And we see the consequences from just this battle all the way up through, you know, phase three when we introduce Spider-Man, where all of a sudden, you know, that, that first Spider-Man movie is very much tied to just this event. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they allow the events of the movies to have influence over the rest of the MCU. Yeah. And that's unique to this. Like, we saw it a little bit in 
in the, the Nolan universe for, for Batman. So those were largely um, results that were, or I'm sorry, effects that were felt, felt mostly by just a couple of characters, right? It wasn't worldwide. Yeah. Um, think back to, you know, the Indiana Jones trilogy. They're, they're told out of order and they kind of don't really matter to one right. another. Yeah, it's, it's a fun bit of, of storytelling to have stakes that, that carry through your universe. And I think that's, that's what's unique to the MCU, this, this sort of meta storytelling where you can have an event, one thing, those, the repercussions will spill over across other movies. Yeah, nothing is out of place. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, great, film, great storytelling does this where, you know, if you show something happen in the first scene, and you take the time to show it, that better come back to mean something later. And even if it's just, um, you know, you show a piece of cheese or something, and it turns out that a character is allergic to cheese later, later on, it's, it's, you can't leave little things hanging. You can't leave, you know, something uh, not explained. And the MCU, to this point, has, has largely done that. And that's, to its credit. Right. Chekhov's Infinity Stone, if you will. <laughs> Shane, do you have any dad, dad takes, dad servations? So dad servations. So um, the humor in this movie, and, and, and in fairness, there's not a lot of it. A lot of uh, the, the humor comes from, from Stark, you know, being kind of quippy and kind of sarcastic. Uh, and just kind of the, the, the chewing of the scenery by by Tom Hiddleston as Loki, uh, who we have to give a special shout out. Great little, great villain. Um, but you know, one joke in particular, which is kind of I think the most famous joke from this movie, that's not just a meme. Uh, but Tony Stark arrives at the the uh, at the uh, helicarrier and he points out that one of the Shield technical analysts is playing Galaga. Mm -hmm. He's like. You didn't think we'd know, but we did, you know, and it's like, it's a really funny moment in kind of a really serious part of the movie, which you kind of need to have in a movie like that. And our kids don't know what the hell Galaga is. Yeah. Yeah. A Galaga no joke one, is, that's a Gen yeah. X joke. Oh, absolutely. No one under 35 when this movie came out. And I was just around 35, I guess, when this movie came out. Uh, or probably a little older, um, but we don't want to talk about that. Um, came out, knew what Galaga was. Or it. Uh -huh. Galaga is a space shooting game. Kind of like Space Invaders, but slightly more advanced. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did they not use Space Invaders, they used Galaga for, mm -hmm. to make it slightly more obscure. And much more obscure. I mean, I think probably, is Galaga the better game? It, it definitely is, but it came out later. Yeah, yeah it came out later. I remember Galaga, and, 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 and maybe you agree with me. So Galaga is the, the arcade game that you had at the pizza joint. Uh -huh. And it was the one that was on the table, and the, the controller was the ball, right? Uh -huh. Wasn't that Galaga? Yeah, well, you had like the... It was a joystick-based game. You had to hit a, a button. Joystick? You definitely had to hit I, a button to shoot. You, you, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you could spin your spaceship around with a little ball. And then you'd have the, the button on the side. I think that's Centipede. 
think that's centipede. I think you've confused centipede with Galaga. That is a Gen X sin right there. I'm, I, I apologize. Um, I, I stand prostrate before you as, as someone who made the mistake. Though I, I, I want to say that you could make Galaga in that sort of way too, where you could have the wheel. Maybe. Wow. Anyway, but this is clearly, this was, this was an interesting sort of approach. So much of the humor in all of the MCU sort of does sort of hit those same notes though. It's like a very Gen X, some even boomer jokes. Right. Um, where they're not specifically targeting humor-wise uh, millennials and or Gen Z or whatever we want to call the young people. Right, yeah. I, I think this happens more in phase one where the appeal of the MCU at that time are Gen X dads, let's face it, who are going to drag their families to see this. As we go further along, the humor starts to change. The, mm-hmm. the targeting of the, all the movies change because now Marvel starts to be for everyone, which to the betterment of it. But that, I think this is the, the, la- this is the dividing line of, uh, hey, Gen X dads, you're dragging the family to this. And then mm-hmm. later on, it's like, oh, everyone's into it. Sure. And I wonder if it's, if it's because just the, the uh, availability of certain media in certain settings. So think about, like, I'm thinking about, like, the joke in Captain America Civil War where Spider-Man is, is, uh, makes the joke about, um, remember that old movie, Star Wars, uh-huh. Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Uh, when, they're, when they're fighting Giant Man. And I just think about that, and I'm like, how many, you know, Gen Z uh know about star wars empire strikes back and i was like well probably a lot of them just given the fact that this is all so available to them right and star wars is still popular Mm -hmm. you know something like our generation maybe wasn't as um into say say movies and media from the 60s we probably got into a lot of music from the 60s because classic rock was always a thing right but something like movies from the 60s i have a big huge like open space where like like, there's a couple that i know of like butch cassidy and the sundance kid is one of my favorite movies of all time but there's a lot of movies from the early 60s that i probably don't have any idea about sure um but i think there's our kids probably know a whole heck of a lot about movies from the 1980s oh yeah totally there is something about the aesthetic from them that fits kids now, but the availability, the fact that you can get stuff on streaming, yeah. stuff like uh, my kids know about the Goonies filmed yeah. in Oregon. That's, I think our, our kids were all introduced to the Goonies at the same time. They, they were. A little, a little dad aside there. Yeah, which is dad, dad side. Dad side. <laughs> you asked this question as well. Is this the most memeable MCU movie? So I think it's really memeable. I do think that Endgame probably becomes more memeable mm-hmm. uh, later on. But this is the most memeable to this point, certainly. And I think it's the second most memeable of our movies. Hmm. You know, we obviously got the I got that reference right. meme, which is, which is used all over the place. Captain America got the reference about uh, flying monkeys because right. he's from the 40s and he knew what Wizard of Oz was. Uh, what a meme that's not used very much any longer. Uh, the, the when it, you know when when Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk at the end, he is um, he has the line, you know, I'm always angry. That's my, my secret tap. Secret. 
Yeah, that's 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 something that became a meme. Uh, the puny god meme when you know Hulk also you know throws Loki all over the place. That was a meme. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Hulk. Lots of these are Hulk related. Yeah. Uh, was a meme. Uh, Tony Stark. Uh, at the end when Loki is beaten, he says, "I'll take that drink now." I think those are all sort of memeable moments. Do you remember any other memes from this movie? Gosh, uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I don't think. I can't. I honestly can't think of any. I think we, you've hit the, the major ones. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I'm actually trying to think of other movies. There's no single one movie that has a lot. So Endgame is heavily memeable because that whole portals scene becomes, mm-hmm. well, I'll, like I'll call it a video meme. People have reproduced sure. that so many. Anytime something yeah. that you like overcomes the odds, you do mm-hmm. the portal scene with a new video exactly. edit. And I'll love it and I'll watch it every time over and over again. It's great. There's never been a bad sort of at the end of the portals meme yeah. video, you know, whether you're talking about Black Lives Matter, you're talking about, you know, uh, your, your favorite sports team comes behind, comes from behind in a, in a big game. It, it does. They're all good. I really like the Biden winning meme of sure. that portals thing. Sure. That, that's a huge favorite. I've not seen a video meme from this movie. I've only seen the, the GIFs. Yeah, the gifts and the and just the single screen shots, they're they're all good. They're all good memes. Right. They're all good memes. Like dogs. There's no bad yeah. memes. There's no bad memes. Um, yeah, except anything with the, the, the frog. Don't Pepe the Frog, don't don't play attention to those memes. Well, okay. <laughs> Another <laughs> aside. Pepe the Frog, the, the creator of that, solid guy. Sure. He, it came from a, a web comic. Mm-hmm. He is rightfully trying to take back his creation because screw the people taking it from him. Pepe the Frog exists way before them. They suck. Yeah. They don't get to use it. Yeah, Pepe the Frog, not inherently racist. No, never was. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's 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 the Avengers, the Marvels that's Avengers. The movie. I think typically, I think technically, the title is Marvel's Avengers, huh. or Marvel's the Avengers. I don't know. Okay. The Avengers, first one. <laughs> I, I, I never knew uh, that. Uh, my son Elliot just. One word, one word review of this movie, solid. Hmm. Concise. Sometimes he's got lots of words to describe a movie. This one, just solid. Where does your family fall on this one? At the time we watched it, they liked it. This Mm -hmm. carried them through. It was, yeah, good. I I think solid would probably be what they would I think when we're doing, when when you're doing like a project that you did where you're sort of introducing your your family during the pandemic to to the MCU, or they hadn't really seen anything. Mm-hmm. This is, if you're going to go in order, this is one to really accentuate because you talked about it. Those early movies, you know, phase one and phase two, there's some stinkers in there. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, if you don't sort of talk this one up, you might yeah. lose them. Thor almost sank the whole endeavor, to be perfectly honest. And, and Thor 2 comes after this. My my kids do not know that Thor 2 exists. That's and probably just as well. They will never know. They will never know. There was an Infinity Stone in there. It does not matter. I just told them, hey, there's an Infinity Stone. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Honestly, the best part of Thor 2 is what they do with Endgame. And they've seen Endgame and they like it. They did mm-hmm. not need to see Thor 2 to understand it. Yeah. So, yeah. So... That's uh, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, this is Dad Pod. This was this was this was fun. Um, uh, please join us next week for. Uh, I, I want to say we're doing 
Are we doing Infinity War next week? Uh, we're going to do something. That's, that's we're going to sure. do something. Okay. We definitely will. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, until next time. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Michael.